everybody. Welcome into your favorite seasonal series on your favorite, essentially, year-round podcast. This is The Carpet Chat. This is episode two of our summer series. Last week, and I think actually two weeks ago, I think we may have skipped a week here, the passage of time, linear according to some, difficult according to others, we spoke to Fox, a resident Discord ITK. We heard some thoughts from our wild and adoring fandom, our wild and adoring co-host Nomics, and others around the community that they wanted to hear some real OGs on the summer series. And I think today we have an OG of all OGs, a man who's been around since day one, bringing his thoughts, his takes, his opinions to the Arsenal internet. It's none other than Bobby Steely Gaze. Bobby, how are you today? I'm I'm doing all right. How are you guys doing? Doing very well, doing great. Uh, This is, of course, a three-man operation. You will never hear more than three voices on the carpet chat, allegedly. Uh, Nomics, still in New York, having seen the Arsenal Man U friendly this weekend, allegedly. Maybe got killed by Bobby at the game, unclear, uh, or at least mortally wounded. There was a lot of fighting in the stands, and I feel like I saw Nomics in some of those videos, but... uh, Hopefully he's well. Hopefully he'll be back on Friday. But instead, of course, we have him. You know him. You love him. Shuk is here as well. Shuk, how are you today? I cannot not insert a jujitsu joke. I've been training Nomics with our brand of Jewish jitsu. So hopefully he put that to work. Haven't heard from him, so we'll see. I'm good. I'm good. I'm very happy to have Bobby here with us, a real American. I've never met one in person yet. Still waiting for the day. But I just want to ask you, Bobby... Um, how the hell did you end up here in this Discord, in the AVP community, maybe a little bit about how you ended up being an Arsenal fan? Because, you know, it's not the first choice amongst Americans to become an Arsenal fan. There's many other sports, many other teams, uh, maybe not many other teams, but, you know, it's not a natural thing, some might say. So I'm always curious how that came to be. Yeah, uh, so I liked a lot of the French players during the you know, the older, early Auth World Cups, and, you know, was sort of a casual soccer fan, or football fan. I I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, so I played basketball basically my whole life, and, you know, started to get a little bit more into, um, you know, soccer around the 2002 World Cup, and then especially the 2006 World Cup, um, watched every game of that and uh, you know I also then went to boarding school where we had a lot of international kids um, who were basically almost all Chelsea and United fans and I did not want to be a Chelsea and United fan and I sort of had really enjoyed watching Thierry Henry and Robert Pires uh, play for France and so I was like you know what I'm, I'm gonna go with with Arsenal um, because like even though we had success during that period I still feel like we were something of an underdog especially as it relates to, like, the media and kind of, like, the perception of Arsenal as this, like, foreign club. Um, so I, I kind of I liked that chip on the shoulder, uh, so to speak. And, you know, from there, ended up going to, to college in New York, where I still reside and never left. And at that point, it actually became incredibly easy to watch all of the games. And so, um, you know, pretty much from... 2007 onwards, I've probably missed maybe like 10 games, um, planned my study abroad, specifically to go to London, spent every every penny I made that summer working at, at Target, uh, going to games, and happened to be there during the, um, 
was it that that Fabregas goal during the the NLD where he took it from kickoff? So I was in the stands for that one, and yeah, it's um it's been a wild ride as an Arsenal fan. I'll say that. And then, how did you end up finding this podcast, this community on the Discord? Um, yeah, another so, jump, maybe in obsessiveness. Well, so I, so I listened to I, I used to way back in the day. There was something called the Gunner Forum, which I was very active on. Um, and so I've kind of always been pretty active on you know online Arsenal communities, and obviously used to read Ars blog pretty obsessively. And I think just somehow stumbled into AVP, probably through Tim from uh, from Arsblog being a part of it. Because, yeah, like Stillman is someone who, I mean, I he's, he's certainly my favorite uh, podcaster for AVP. So he sort of dragged me in and it was the, the Emery Wars that really had me going. Because I think unlike Arsblog at the time... I felt that AVP was more willing to call a spade a spade on the whole Emery saga. And then that's how I got into, you know, our soul vision podcast land, you know, just needing some sort of outlet to, to make sense of it all uh, with the Unai Emery experience. And then I think they opened up a discord. I was already pretty familiar with discord from, you know, gaming and everything. And so, Decided to to hop in, and I think I joined May 2019. So was that right after the uh, fifth place finish and Baku shellacking from Unai, or right before Baku? But it was it was not great. It was not a great time to uh, become super active in an online Arsenal community. Well, you you made it. You made it here, regardless of how you made it. You're you're with us now. And you're here to stay. Um, I had another question, but it couldn't have been that important because I forgot it. So I'll just, I'll just let F F I'll just let FFG come in here because he's eager to 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 keep it going. Yeah, truly, truly can't imagine what it was, Shuk, and and definitely a relatable story, Bobby. You know, I am not uh, quite as ancient and decrepit as you are, so I do not remember the Gooners World forums. But around that Emory period, right? It, it felt like the Ars cast, for instance, had kind of transcended the fan perspective was kind of above it all. And he had these uh, hysterical Elliot types yelling and screaming, and that just more accurately matched how we all felt. All right. Shook, yeah. uh, you've got your question? I realized it wasn't a question. It was a comment. You know, even though Elliot has not acknowledged the carpet chat, we are doing a lot of unofficial data analytics, trying to figure out how people end up in this community. You know, little shout-out for Elliot. That's We're all. doing our best, and he has acknowledged the carpet chat, just not formally on a podcast. Maybe I we fainted. Possibly I fainted, and I don't remember. No, we, we are making it. We'll make it to the main pod, uh, certainly before Scott's next appearance. Bobby, before we get into some of the meat and potatoes of what we're doing here, and we know we're on a timer, 30-minute time limits, uh, you were at the Man United friendly. Uh, unlike Nomics, you have made it back home and in front of your podcasting microphone by Monday afterwards. Uh, some would argue that's because you live in New York City. Some would argue that's because Nomics is a plastic. Uh, your your interpretation may vary. Uh, this is not a post-match podcast. It's not an instant reaction. We don't want to hear too much. But you were there, Bobby, and we are open to hearing your thoughts uh, on the disaster, the implosion, <laughs> the the earliest collapse of the Arteta era uh, against Man U in New Jersey. 
Yeah, I'll 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 keep it brief. Um, so I was upper tier, halfway line, second row. So I had a pretty good view of the entire pitch, and it was just a low quality game from two low quality teams on a pitch that was made of dog shit and two errors is really the story of it. I don't think United were especially good. I don't think we were good. Um, but you know, the hysterics are probably a bit much like, yes, Gabrielle's error was bad. Yes. I think Ramsdale was very bad on both goals. Um, but you know, both teams looked shitty. We just made the errors. And if this was a 2-0 loss in a preseason friendly to Villarreal or AC Milan, I don't think anybody gives a shit. It's because it was United and because Ten Hag is such a loathsome individual that it feels worse. Whereas I'm not actually that worried about I can see what we're trying to do. I think maybe the biggest takeaway is that the midfield rebuild whether you like those signings or don't, is going to take a little bit longer than we kind of all hoped. That's kind of the biggest takeaway. And my biggest takeaway, of course, uh, we remember the Unai Emery appointment the day that perhaps the Ars cast jumped the shark, lost touch with the fans, became too club-centric, and people moved to AVP. The Man United preseason disaster, did they Bobby lost touch with the fans, became too ingrained with the team, and people turned to maybe shoddy smoke for their reactions, because Bobby, that was very measured. Uh, some would call that chilling, I think. Uh. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I just can't be too annoyed about individual performances in preseason. Yeah, yeah. I'm more annoyed at the team performance, but both teams were shitty. But but Bobby, does it go both ways with you? If we had one two nothing, would you have the same calm approach, or would you be going crazy that we're the best team in the league? Uh, I would be happier, but I take the same calm approach of you know we're trying to do stuff here. Like let's not get carried away. It was a eighty-five ninety-degree day on a pitch that had just had eight days of Taylor Swift on it, so it was. You know, it's not like being at the carpet, not like being right. with our fans. The referee was terrible, you know, like... What the referee mean? was a wanker, as American fans are, are wont to say. And yes, the pitch, the weather, etc. And I, I do agree with you in all seriousness, Bobby. Of course, it's preseason, it doesn't matter. If I really let my, my Jewish internalized anxiety take over, there is the fear that last season, our, our real breakthrough season, we had such a tremendous preseason, we built so much confidence... That for this team specifically, right, are they ready to go into the season after a not dominant preseason, or will that shake the team a little? Will that affect their confidence? But uh, I think that's probably completely irrational. But that's that's the type of irrationality we like to traffic in on this particular podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I have that in the back of my mind, but yeah. you know, we still have what three more. Games we got before. we got Barcelona, assuming their gastrointestinal distress does not overcome them. We've got the Emirates Cup, a legendary Monaco. competition against Monaco, right? And then, yeah, we've got the Community Shield, which is a trophy if we win it, um, yeah. but is a preseason friendly if we don't. So, yeah, three games. Yeah, so, I don't know. Maybe I'll be more concerned right before the Forest Home game, but right yeah. now, yeah. Three games to write the ship and write the ship. Hopefully we shall. It's time now to write the ship on this podcast. Um, Getting to some of the meat and potatoes. What people came 
to see. Uh, and that's some rapid-fire questions for you here, Bobby. So we got uh, a subject matter that I know you're an expert on, because not only are you a prominent Arsenal supporter, many have called you the least annoying man in crypto, um, a description that I think seems accurate. So I'm going to present to you some, some maybe some crypto uh, analogies, maybe some analogs. I'm not sure quite what level we're going here with some Arsenal events, including, of course, our latest signings. I'm going to open with a man who you know I back, a, a man who I have gone to war for and will go to war for many times in the future, Kai Havertz. Bobby, at 65 million pounds, did we buy the dip on Kai Havertz? Uh, no, we did not. Care to expand? At, at, at 40 million? Yes. Uh, at, at 65. I, like He's a distressed asset that is being propped up. Um, probably buy some 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 fuckery. You think? Uh, you it's, think it was, this is a pump a, and dump? It was a it was a it was a scam pump exit from Chelsea. Okay, okay, scam pump exit. Wow. Now, what do you think about my take? And I've I've thought this a lot, but this is my first time verbalizing it. Kai Havertz cost about ninety million pounds in the summer of twenty twenty, a distressed summer. If he went in twenty twenty one or twenty nineteen, he's a hundred million pound player, right? So three years removed from that. 65 million for a hundred million pound player you're telling me that's not buying the dip i don't think so because chelsea needed to sell to make ffp and because he'd been pretty mixed bag for three seasons and he had two years left on his deal like they needed to sell him right like he's not signing a new contract we theoretically should have the power in that negotiation and now ffp perhaps like crypto regulation a bit sparse uh, a bit intermittently applied a bit inconsistent to, but perhaps a factor here does right? anybody perhaps. know how ffp works like i tried to use chat gpt no. I, I couldn't get no. it going um do they know if about- you're an italian club and you don't have the money to bribe anyone then you have to you have to play by some rules otherwise you get to spend what you want and you get to keep spending i think uh, I, I think that's how it works. Up as yeah. they go they change them as they see fit all right, we'll move on. We'll move off Havertz to the next controversial topic in the Arsenal midfield. Declan Rice versus Thomas Party. Team looked a little bit better when uh, Lion Mind, old number five, came in in that Man U friendly. But do we need to, and please, Bobby, correct me if I'm pronouncing this wrong, do we need to hodl on Declan Rice as our six, as our DM? Yes, yes, we do. I, I think, like, it's kind of crazy to expect somebody to come in after five training sessions and being coached by David Moyes and just pick up Arteta's system immediately on, on that pitch and that weather. Um, so, yeah, do I want to see more from Decas as the uh, as the players call him? Absolutely. Do I expect him to be? the best player of all time on a fucking random Saturday in July in preseason? No. <laughs> now, Bobby, I know, and just for those at home and, and Shook as well, I see in the chat who are not familiar with this crypto world that is HODL as in hold with the letters swapped because we're we are holding on Declan Rice. Uh, Bobby, I'm sure as a frequent listener to the Carpet Chat, you've heard my Declan Rice ceiling comp that his ceiling is a hybrid of Yaya Torre and Casemiro. Uh, do you I land more on that side? You buy that? Okay, you're not yeah. in the uh, I, I Caicedo think, I games? 
I think Caicedo's very good. I just think they're different players, mm-hmm. uh, and they both have a ton of upside. Um, plus, add to the fact that Rice is a beloved, light-skinned England international who may or may not be the future captain of England, that's got to be worth three to five penalties a year. So It will be fascinating to see, does England uh, hate minorities or Irish people, right? racial minorities or Irish people more as they name their next captain? It will be a, a turning point in the English national team, I believe, right? Just yeah. one way, way to know. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. We've got another crypto-themed question for you here, Bobby. We've got a number of players that I think some would determine are, and please forgive me, I I know we have some children listeners. uh, I see, we know you're out there listening to us. Uh, Don't repeat this. But the crypto community, they call them shit coins. They're these very low-value coins coins that you buy at very cheap prices or at inflated prices, and you hope that they go uh, to the moon, as the crypto heads say. Uh, We've got a number of those shit coins, Bobby. We've got got Fabio Vieira. We've got Sambi Lakanga, perhaps. Um, Some would argue Emil Smith-Rowe, I think, could be argued here. Eddie Nketia. Follower in Balogun is a shit coin going to the moon. Pick your pick your hodl on this one, Bobby. What are you holding? What are you selling? And what did we get scammed on here among these lower value Arsenal players? Okay, so we got scammed on Lacan Gas for sure. Um, I I'm I'm going to I'm going to hodl ESR and Fabio shitcoins, and I cannot dump Eddie shitcoin or Cedric shitcoin fast enough. Yeah, Cedric, I, Cedric, I think might even be a, a different category. I, I think Cedric is a, an NFT picture of uh, of an oh, ape, just a, uh, an actual piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. You bought it for you bought it for five thousand dollars, and it's worth ten cents now. And you shouldn't be buying pictures on the internet for five thousand uh, dollars. Well, I mean, obviously, Bobby, we know what the folks at home want to hear from you. We all were here when you received your commemorative plaque for being the first Discord user to mention Eddie and Kedia 1,000 times. But before we get to that, let's talk about the upside. Let's talk about some Fabio Vieira propaganda. Uh, You know, Nomics, our resident Fabio Vieira lookalike, is not here to defend his perhaps twin brother, Fabio. Bobby, what do you see in Fabio Vieira that uh, Shuk and I are not seeing over on this side? So I do think that his physique has improved um, in this offseason. He does look a bit a bit fitter. And with him, it's not – like, look, the guy's never going to have the shoulders of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. But it's about core strength for him. Can he sort of make sure that his, his ass, his abs, and his thighs can, you know, support the physicality of the league? I also – really liked seeing him on the sort of uh, on the right side of the pitch in preseason so far and especially coming in for for Saka because you get him outside of the interior you know, you, you you have him be an exterior it's almost like the opposite of Trossard right Trossard is really robust and I think it's much better in interior positions because you know one he has the tech but two his body can sort of just take the punishment Fabio might be the opposite where Yes, he has unbelievable skill and talent. I think anybody can see that, even if you're not the world's biggest fan of the guy. But, you know, you put him on the outside of the team, I think he can do a job out there. And if we think about, you know, okay, a left footer on the right, making sure that Saka's not playing 8,000 minutes this season, 
I I can see a role for Fabio sort of brewing there, maybe aping that Bernardo Silva role wide right that that City has a bit more. That could be interesting. I mean, he's a guy Arteta clearly believes in. He's a guy that I think has talent. If you look at his output, right, he he did produce end product last year. Like, yes, he was inconsistent, but you know, everybody talks about the what what game was it? The the Brentford game, but the game that I really thought was his best game was that perform. You know, the did Shaka come off with the shits in the Wolves game? It was the last and, game before the World Cup. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Wolves. Yeah, yeah, and and he came in. He opened the scoring. He you know made that run, got the ball, sucked the keeper in, flipped it over the keeper. Odegaard one nil. So there's there's a player in there. I, is he gonna is he gonna make it? I don't know, but I'm not quite ready to give up on Fabio yet. Now by the end of this season, we need to see a player that's a bit more consistent that can hold up a bit more that we trust to come in and spell Saka in some of these games or, or Odegaard in some of these games. But, you know, I think, I think he could do it. It's an interesting comp. It's not one I've heard all that often, or maybe ever, Bobby though, is the, uh, we all hear about the Fabio Vieira, the midfielder, Bernardo Silva midfielder comp. It's, it's easy. It's lazy, perhaps, uh, both small Portuguese men, but you are right. There is that Bernardo Silva right wing role that city play him in. And uh, that's that's definitely a possibility. All right, we only imagine how he could, or in his case, could not go like for like with Saka on the right wing. But maybe it's a different approach. Maybe it's a Bernardo Silva, uh, pseudo midfielder, right wing slot. Just with players, I, I want people like it to be simple. There's no, actually there were a lot of doubts with Martinelli at some point, but that's mostly when he wasn't playing. There was even doubts about Smith Rowe. Still, people have doubts about Smith Rowe. But I like when there's when a player comes in and 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 there's not a question mark over them. When they're a clear uh, gain for the team. Now, obviously, Arteta sees something more than most of us see. Otherwise, he'd be with Sambi, Lakonga, com- and Pepe commenting on each other's Instagrams. Nice working out, bro. Thank you. In French, it was merci, merci beaucoup, merci beaucoup. They're a little bit in their outcast Obama Yang Ozil phase right now. Um, and people do love a scapegoat. It's natural for us. We want a Papa Socrates. We want we want a Kalasinac sometimes. We want someone to blame when things aren't going well. And naturally, Fabio is the next person. For some, it's Tierney. For a lot of people, it's Tierney. I even saw a lot of Tomiyasu flack for him playing left uh, left back, which he hasn't done in a while. I think I thought Liverpool. Tommy was actually very good. Yeah, yeah I, I, I thought he was, he was great. He was a stock rising so, for me. So I am with I'm with you, Bobby, in the sense that like I'm not ready to write him off yet, but I have not seen enough for him to show me that he's going to turn it around, and I want him to. But I, I'm hoping that there there's some specialness that Arteta sees that we don't. You are right with the physicality. He did follow Shuk's regimen of strong by strong. Five times fapping, five times lifting. Very, very good regiment. Oh. Um, so we'll see there. Um, we might have to scrub that when we get our semen retention sponsor for the pod shoot. Yeah. We might have to scrub that for we'll this reverse episode. It. Yeah. We'll reverse it. So that's a little bit uh, of my take since I've been quiet, but hope you appreciated it. It's a oh, good take. It. It's a great take. Chuk, please don't remain quiet. All right. you're, you're on this pod. You're the beloved host of the <sighs> beloved podcast. It's tough, right? Because we do have a 30-minute uh, constraint. I mean, I did touch on a few other players there. So, Bobby, you can pick. Like, I did mention, I think I mentioned Martinelli, Tierney, Tomiyasu, and Emil Smith-Rowe. 
Do you well, feel like talking? Yeah, sorry. Well, I mean, we know who the fans want to hear Bobby talk about, and it's yeah. the other side of his of his shitcoin up, shitcoin down to the moon scam uh, dichotomy here. Bobby, please, just the floor is yours. Wax poetically as only you can about your hatred of Eddie and Kedia. I mean, look it, in in the Discord. Yeah, you know, when you know we're shit posting, yeah, it's like I don't, I don't hate the guy, the guy, I don't begrudge him wanting to to get paid and all, and and I will admit I was wrong about him in that he is a Premier League level player. He's just not a Premier League level player for a team that has the ambition of winning a title, and, and I just, I don't think it should be controversial to say that, you know, and. I also would like a guy who's 24 that's never played more than a thousand league minutes in a season to want to go play somewhere. Because if we do think that he can be a quality Premier League striker, and as we saw last year, kind of like that, the way in which our patterns changed, the way in which he kind of is an awkward fit in the system, and how much better we looked when Trossard came now, okay, the opponents changed and it's not. It is comparing apples to oranges a little bit. You know, it's not like we can evaluate them playing in the same game in two different timelines. But I think if Jesus, like, ask yourself this if Jesus gets injured again this season, who's going to replace him? I think it's probably going to be Trossard. I don't think it's going to be Eddie. We can't really talk about Eddie without talking about Balogun, though. That's the thing, right? Like, sell them both. Like, I mean, to bring this back to markets, right? Both of them have. Like, there's a market for both of them. Balogun just had an incredible season in a bad league. And Eddie had a season where he did stuff, scored some goals. He scored some big goals. I mean, I'll give him that. He scored two goals in a huge game against United. He has, like, there is a market for Eddie. There is a market for Balogun. If either of those players stay at Arsenal another year thinking about how now we've added Trossard from the beginning. We have Havertz who could play in that role. Um, you know, if we go and we get a Kudus, we just gave Nelson a new deal if he can manage to go, you know, 24 hours without picking up an injury. So, ESR's back, right? We didn't have him at all last year. How many minutes would ESR have gotten in those wide forward areas? Or maybe even the false nine. We know Arteta tried that in the Europa League years ago. So, it is something where if those if either of those guys stay and they play a similar role to the role that Eddie played this year, minus the nine game run where he was starting because of an injury, what is that what does that do to our ability to sort of get value for that player and sort of you know, maybe add somebody who is a better fit or addresses a different problem? And so I would like to see both of them sold because I don't necessarily see a role for either of them, and I don't see them making the squad better if the goal is really to fight for a title this year. Especially when you consider on top of the ESR return, on top of Reese Nelson, who I guess I must defend with Domic's not here, Reese Nelson, the original star boy, the butterfly himself, his new contract. Uh, you got to factor in all these Mbappe minutes that are going to be eaten up as oh, well. Yeah. Um, that's that's a given. Um, we are the official podcast of killing Mbappe to the Arsenal, and uh, we have to represent that as such. Zhuk, I think we're we're getting close to putting a bow on this one. We're coming up on our thirty minute out. Do you have a final question for Bobby before I get into the real closing questions of this one? Yeah, Bobby, where are we finishing this this year? 
It's just a not not too too oh, difficult of a question. Man, I thought we were gonna win the league, but I think it's gonna take a bit longer to rebuild the midfield than I had hoped. So I will say second again, third if Kane does go to United. So I would I would be happy with second. I trophies would be happy maybe too. With maybe a, some trophies. I would love a trophy, but I'd like to see progression in the cups. So. I'd like to get to the Champions League quarterfinal, so let's get out of the group, let's win our round of 16, and let's get to at least the semifinal in the FA Cup. The the the, the Mickey Mouse Cup, I don't give a shit about, whatever. Um, if we win that, great. Like, did United have a great season because they won the League Cup? No. Do any of those fans care about that? Not really. So, if we win it, great. If we don't, I'm not calling the... Season of success because we you just put stock in United fans able to have like a reasoning, some type of logical de- deduction abilities to evaluate their own season. They're not, they're not, they can't do that. That's right. They are complete. We can barely do that. Imbeciles. So you got me on that one. But yeah, that's fair. I, it sounds like it's a mixture of your hoping and your belief. Like you're hoping for first, but but you think there's still a gap, and and it's I mean, not easy to just plug it, like plug out Jaka, plug in Declan Rice. If we somehow just absolutely slap in midfield from the start of the season, then why not win the league? But if it is going to take a little bit of time for Rice and Havertz to adjust and for us to adjust um, to them, then you know there, there's no margin for error in this league. You can't just draw three games in September in a row trying to figure stuff out and still expect to win the title or be in the title conversation with 115 charges, Man City breathing down your neck. That's well said. Reasonable take. You know, your people from the Discord, it's almost like they're more reasonable when you speak to them on, on the carpet chat than, than online, actually. I quite enjoyed that. Do you agree, FFG? Or... or in voice chat on the Discord, as I invented, and Elliot took credit for you. No, it's, a, it's interesting. Uh, Bobby, we do not have the time to unpack your second half of your league prediction point that if Kane goes to United, we'd finish third. I think implying that we'd finish behind United. Um, yes. That's that's a podcast in its own right, and we just don't have time to get into that. But that's a take. That's powerful stuff. Fearful, but powerful. Um, I, I think before we wrap things up, Bobby, you know, uh, this is our second Carpet Chat Summer Series. I'm going to ask you a two-part question, one that we asked in our first one and one a result of our first one. Uh, part one, who would you like to see join us next or perhaps down the line for a summer series interview? Ooh, uh, I'll say Sox because he's, he's one of my fellow OGs. I feel like I've known that guy through the internet for quite a long time. We just worry, does Sox have uh, enough internet bandwidth to transmit his sheer muscle mass, the most jacked guy around? Well, we'll probably see. Probably not, but we could probably get some good lifting uh, tips from, from him. Very important stuff. No, I agree. Uh, health and wellness, very important. Getting yeah, jacked, Fabio, the most important part of health that and wellness. Episode. We have a few listeners within the club of, of this podcast. We see the metrics. We know they're out there. Uh, Follow-up. Nomics has now ducked two Summer Series episodes in a row. He obviously had beef with Fox from our first episode. Bobby, you were just in the same stadium as Nomics, keeping your distance from him, not getting too close to him. So clearly you have beef with Nomics as well. What is your message to Saliba Nomics at the dawn of this new season? Oh, um, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I guess 
Dude, get get ready to put a pin in that butterfly, baby, because Reese Nelson ain't staying fit. Wow. Reese Nelson, the butterfly, going to end up uh, in one of those books of, of bugs that I feel like existed in, in media in the 90s. I don't know if anybody actually had a book of bugs. It's a terrifying <laughs> thing to have. But you heard it here first, the butterfly's wings being clipped and our podcast being clipped here as well at our half-hour time limit. I'd like to thank Bobby Steely Gaze for joining us. Uh, Bobby, you plug enough of yourself on the internet everywhere. I'm sure the people know where to find you, and if they have any crypto venture capital needs, you are the man to go to. Uh, for Shook as well, I am your infrequent, but sometimes more frequent than not, co-host FFG. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back at the end of the week for a regularly scheduled traditional carpet chat featuring the coward Salibonomics, who is too scared to join us with our, our threatening guests on the summer series. Uh, Shook, I think you got to play us out. Awesome. Yeah, so... Um, why are they called the United States of America? I always wanted to know, like, like what kind of, are they united? First of all, is it something to do with man United? I don't want Rooney in my life. I don't want Rooney in, uh, below me. He's already there in the MLS coaching. So just a little thought for some of the people. And I also realize as I'm speaking, when I do these rants, usually it's Nomics that has to cut me off. He's not here right now. So I could just keep going and going. I could just keep going and going.